Hi, I'm Helen Wright, and I am a rugby coach. I believe that sport can be an excellent medium for the growth and development of human beings. But, like all things in this world, the only constant is change. I believe that sport delivery and coaching in sport has to change to adapt to the changing world around it. This podcast is about sport and coaching and change. What has changed about coaching female athletes or male athletes, athletes who identify differently than that? What has changed about coaching children or adults? What has changed? How will we change? Let's begin the discussion. Hello, everyone. I might sound a little bit off today, but that's because I'm working with uh, a little bit of a cold. So I don't know, it either makes me sound sexy or not, I'm not sure. But here we go. Today, I want to talk to you about two different components of the same spectrum, power over and boundaries. And the reason that I'm inspired to talk about this is because I was recently asked in an interview question that started me thinking about the concept of power over, and that led me to also responding to the concept of boundaries. So, well, let me begin. Well, at the beginning. And the question I was asked was, have you ever experienced challenges that were preventing you from achieving what you wanted? And and how did you overcome those challenges? The very first thing that came to my mind was actually my dad. We lived on a small dairy farm in the interior of BC. And if farming was difficult for regular Canadian type cowboys, it was exceptionally difficult for a German immigrant who didn't read and write English. There were so many people who had power over my dad, and in particular, there was the bank manager and the government employees of the regional land department. More than anything in the world, my dad's dream of being John Wayne required the acquisition of land, and running a close second to that was the acquisition of cattle to provide revenue to purchase the land. So, at the age of 18, I was conscripted to be the translator of all things written. One of my first tasks was to go to the land department and determine, in the most innocent of ways, what was required to be able to secure the gravel rights to a pit that was located on his lease property. Hella, you go and you play dumb. And then, when they ask you what you need, you say, I, I don't know, my dad, he wants me to ask if we can use the gravel from the pit. No problem, dad, I don't have to pretend to be dumb. I have no idea what I'm talking about here. Yeah, yeah, you go. And so I went, and he was right. I learned that if people are not threatened or even concerned about you, they're pretty happy to help you gather what you need and send you on your way. So we completed the application, carefully omitting any reference to selling the gravel, and brought it back to the government guys to check it over, make sure it was okay, thereby showing your respect for their power and appreciation for their help, and then we submitted it. Success. He got the rights to the gravel pit. So lesson number one in working with people who have power over you is don't threaten them. 
give them the information they require, but absolutely no more. And for God's sakes, don't indicate any anticipation for success because that that ignites their curiosity. And we just want to stay under the wire here. So, yeah, Helen, now we have to go to the bank, and I need you to make me a plan. Okay, cool. My first business proposal. Bless his heart. He had a copy of a bank loan template that one of his milk customers gave him, and all we had to do was answer the questions. And so we began answering the questions. How much do you want to borrow? Nah, I want 10000 Why? I want to buy the pregnant cows. How are you going to pay it back? Now I'm going to grow the calves over the summer, and then I'm going to sell the calves, and, uh, and then we're going to make some money from the calves. Okay, um, what are you going to do if you don't get the price you want from the calves? Then I'm going to take the money from the gravel pit, and I'm going to sell the gravel. Oh, really? Okay, and so... He would ask you, Dad, do you have the deed to that gravel pit? Yeah. All right. Well, Mr. Byerly, what are we going to use for collateral? We're going to use my life insurance money. You have cash value on a life insurance policy? Oh, yeah. Lesson number two in working with people who have power over you. Have an answer for every possible point of opposition. Do not leave any reason on the table that could stop you from getting what you want. Have an answer, even if you have to make it up. There was a cabal of women who were working with me to create the University of Alberta Women's Rugby Program. In conjunction, we were working to create also the National InterVarsity Competition. When we were planning on how to get the various universities to accept another athletic program at a time when there was virtually less money available for even the existing programs, we followed the same formula that my dad used. Answer every possible objection with a plausible response. There is no funding to support a women's rugby program. No problem. We'll pay for ourselves. How? Well, we have community support. There is no field space available for you to use. Uh, no problem. We'll practice at the elementary school down the road. We cannot provide any resources for supports such as physios or trainers. Uh, no, no worries. No problem. We, we've got volunteers. We cannot allocate any administration staff to organize your logistics. No worries, we can organize our own stuff. And actually, we're pretty good at it. And finally, they asked us, why do you want to have a university team so badly? Well, um, because being a sanctioned varsity sport allows our players to access the provincial government scholarships. And that allows them to go to school here. And that allows us to be a credible sport in the environment of Canadian sports. Hmm. Hmm. And then there were no more questions. 
And to be clear, we delivered on all of our promises. We did pay for everything ourselves, and we found the money from clubs and sponsors and fundraising events. We sold more of those Christmas wreaths than anybody, I think, on the planet. The university soon... The university... Uh, certainly had the power over us. But we simply made ourselves an added, no-cost addition to their legacy of sporting success. And after a while, they not only liked us, but they loved us. And they started thinking that we were valuable enough to the school to provide some support. Boom, we were in. So now, I want to put this in terms that players, coaches, teenagers employees and everyone can feel is is relevant to themselves like like how does this work for you well if you're a kid and you want to go hang out with your friends and your parents are asking you if you've done your chores just do them and be ready to answer yes and if they ask you if they've done them to their parental standards well just do a good job and answer, yes, knowing that they're going to check, they will check, but you're good. You did a good job. You know that they're going to ask you if you've done your homework, so be ready. Answer, yes. In the world of teenagers, I, I don't know if you have figured this out yet, but lying is not the best strategy. They have parent antennas. And they will figure it out, and they will find out. And then when the shit hits the fan, they won't believe your yeses anymore. And then the formula doesn't work. So just figure out what you want, and then go about eliminating all the possible objections. And ask yourself, what would it take for them to say yes? When I was a teenager... I so badly wanted to get off that farm and go live my own life. But I knew my mom did not want me to go. And so it began. Now, how are you going to pay for that school in Edmonton, Hella? Well, I got some scholarships, Mom, and I have a summer job. Oh. Oh. So now you're going to go and you're going to work and who's going to do the work here? Well, I'll come back on holidays and I'll do all the paperwork then, Mom. I'll catch up. Yeah, yeah. And then when you are finished, what then? Well, then I'll have an education and I can make more money and I can help you with the farm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you're a player who wants to make a team or if you're an employee who wants a promotion, or a coach who wants a position, ask yourself, what would it take for the people who have the power over you to say yes? And then ask yourself, who really has the power here? Yep, that's right, it's you. You have the power to create and present a win-win position. Sometimes it seems like the greatest challenge of just about everything is to get picked, to be selected, to be chosen for the thing that you want to do. How do you make them say yes to you? Same formula applies. You make yourself more valuable to them 
the big them. And so how do you do that? Well, you start by doing the work. You have to do the work. If you're an athlete and you want someone to pick you for a team, you have to do the work. Fitness? Absolutely. Skills? Absolutely, and the more the better. There are many times when two athletes of the same caliber are vying for the same position, and I would choose the one who could not only catch, pass, and tackle, but who could also kick. More skills, more advantage for me, more choices for me as the coach, and we always need kickers. It was a bonus for me. That player had more value than the others. Game intelligence is a very important quality for players looking to make higher level teams. You have to watch the game you play. You have to take the time to know the components of the game, the defense, the offense. So if you get a small crack in the door and you find yourself on the field or in the court or on the ice or in the boardroom, and you know what the coach is talking about because you have done the work, you know more for your, than just your position. You know the game, the whole game. And you understand how it is just human chess. When you start buying for positions in human performance categories of any kind, you got to imagine who else is vying for this position. How can you provide more value than the person who is contesting for this position? Do the work. Be ready to answer any objections. Believe that you sincerely are the best choice. And if they do pick you, you have to deliver everything you promise. And if they don't pick you, you have to let it go. You did everything in your power, and they didn't pick you for now. Destiny has a funny way of nudging you onto a path in a way you might not have seen. And then suddenly, there you are, either back in the game or in another game. So be ready, be fearless, and take action. You are the holder of your own power saber. You you are the Harry Potter of your own life. And right here at this point, I, I want to talk about boundaries. When we are people who want something so badly that we're prepared to do all the work to remove all the objections, we can become vulnerable. We can walk over the lines of what is acceptable to us just to get what we want. People with power over us, they know they can deny us what we're seeking. They know they can use that power to get what they want. And some people will support what you want because they know that if you succeed, they succeed. But some people will abuse that power. Some people will push you to the point of how much? How much do you want that? And what are you prepared to give or to do to get it? And this is the point where you have to have a clear line in your mind, a boundary, a tipping point to owning your own power. You have to know where that line is before you go into the bank or the office or the change room or on the field. Yes, I will work hard. Yes, I will try and answer all the objections. Yes, 
I will try to meet all my commitments. But no, I will not give you my soul. You might have power over me in this place at this time, but you don't own who I am or choose who I will be. If the cost of what I want has become unacceptable to me, I will walk away if I can. And if I can't, I will hold the source of my power, my soul, deep in my heart and protected until I can walk away. Always, always trust your intuition. That little voice in your head that gives you the thumbs up or the thumbs down, some people say, I just had a feeling. Always trust the feeling. If it feels like this isn't exactly what you're hoping for, then pause. Hmm. Hmm. Give yourself time to think. And stop. And at the very least, just give yourself a minute to feel your intuition and to think about how far you're prepared to go and how fast. Anyone who is pushing you to have an answer right effing now, because it's not going to be here tomorrow, the sale's over, it's gone, you know, this is only going to last today for the next two hours, that's suspect. It's a power tactic, and it's used to make people do things that they might not have done with further consideration. At the bare minimum, it's a form of bullying. And you got to ask yourself, is that, is that who you want to sign up with? So really trust yourself. Trust your intuition. It will never lead you the wrong way. And it will keep your boundaries strong. And if you do the work and you reduce and remove all the opposition to gaining where you want to go or being who you want to be, and you have strong boundaries, and you have a belief in yourself and the possibility of this, you're good. You're gold. You're going to get there. Maybe not the way you think, but you'll get there. Have a great day, folks. Well, that's a wrap for this session, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please feel free to tick the like box because that lets me know if anyone out there is listening. You can also find these podcasts on my website, barefootflying.ca. That's B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T-F-L-Y-I-N-G dot C-A. If you want to add your opinion to the discussion, feel free to email me at HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. That's HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Be well.